Shalom, everyone. We're at the beginning of the month of Kislev, which is the month in the Jewish calendar when we celebrate Hanukkah. And as is often the case, this is also the Hebrew month when the American holiday of Thanksgiving comes. So I thought it would be appropriate that this month's Midah to focus on would be gratitude, what's known in Hebrew as Hakarat HaTov. Each month I'm focusing on a different Midah, and as you may recall, a Midah is a quality of our character. It's an ethical quality, a habit that we try to develop in order to cultivate our personalities and increase the chances that we'll behave in an ethical fashion. So for this month, gratitude. The Hebrew word for Jewish, Yehudi, could actually be translated as the gracious people, the thankful people. Yehudi comes from Yehuda, Judah. Judah was the fourth son of Leah Imenu, our matriarch Leah. And when he was born, she said, This time I thank God. And so the Jews who had descended from the tribe of Judah could be known as the thankful people. And what I want to do in this talk is to explore what gratitude really is and where does it come from and what its purpose is. We can talk about gratitude as just simply a, an issue of good manners, of being polite. But as we explore this quality within Judaism, I think that we'll see that it's something more as well. As I mentioned before, the Hebrew term for gratitude in the Musar, in the ethical literature, is hakarat hatov which literally means recognizing the good. So immediately we see that gratitude isn't initially an emotion, but actually a, a, an awareness or just looking at a, at a fact, noticing something in our lives as something to be thankful for. And as I've thought about it, I think that hakarat hatov can be understood as having several different levels or stages. And each of these are really stages of recognition. They're stages of noticing. So if we were to talk about the opposite of gratitude, the opposite of hakarat hatov, we might think of it in terms of complacency, um, having things but not knowing that we should be thankful for them, or obviously of ingratitude, having something, getting something, and, and not saying thank you at all. But there are other levels and layers of awareness, and I want to talk about what, how we extend that recognition. The first and most obvious stage of gratitude is the one that we have when someone does a good thing for us or gives us something, and it's obvious that we should be thankful. If something happens to us, that's the kind of thing that we say thank you about. That's, that's stage one of gratitude. Um, it happens, and everybody would know to say thank you, and we appropriately do that. But the next level of gratitude is to pause every time we instinctively say thank you, and to try to squeeze a little bit more gratitude out of that moment that has prompted the thank you. If you think about the thank you that we say to the person who rings us up at the grocery store or puts our items in a bag, we can pause and take note of what's below the surface. It may be that the person who's doing this for us is doing a job that they'd rather not do. They may have had to get up very early or work inconvenient in hours in order to be there. And maybe putting on a smiling face or a friendly face for us and saying, I hope you have a good day as they're trained to do, that may be some special effort. And the fact that it's not just me and this particular good turn which has been done, but something which they have to do over and over again in the course of a day, and that requires effort, that too is something to be thankful for. And we should look at the person who does that, who we thank, um, and try to pause for a minute and add a little 
extra gratitude for what it is that brought that person to that place in our, in our day. The third stage of gratitude is to take something in our life that might be neutral and to try to turn it into an occasion for hakarat hatov, recognizing something good. Rabbi Eliezer Dessler, who was one of the great teachers of Musar, of Jewish ethics, in the early part of the 1900s, said that we might practice hakarat hatov even toward inanimate objects. And he mentions a comment by Rashi on the story of the ten plagues. And Rashi notices that when it came to the first plagues of blood and frogs on the Nile River, God did not give the performance of those plagues to Moses, but he gave them to Aaron. And Rashi's explanation is that the river itself, the Nile, had been there for Moses, had protected Moses when he was young, and was hidden in the basket to float down the river away from the decree of Pharaoh. And so Moses owed a debt of gratitude to the river, even though, of course, it was no intention of the river to do anything. The river's just there. It's just a river. Nonetheless, God didn't want Moses to come close to any kind of insult or degradation toward the river and um, turn his back on a gratitude that he might owe. So Rav Dessler says that, um, similarly, we have the opportunity to express or think about gratitude toward other kinds of inanimate objects in our lives. I think about um, something which happened to me in the, one of the shuls I belonged to in the years after I was ordained as a rabbi. And when I was ordained, I received from the Jewish Theological Seminary a special tallit, which had the emblem of the seminary on it. And that was the tallit I wore with great pride, obviously, to services every Shabbat. And it came with a tallit bag as well, which had the seminary emblem on it. And one Shabbat, um, I lost it. I don't know if it was taken or what happened, but, um, but I no longer had a bag for my tallit. And so I thought, you know, no big deal. Okay, I'll fold up my tallit and I'll carry it to Kiddush generally. But of course, when I had kids, I would have the tallit in one hand as I went to Kiddush, and I would have the juice box in another. And of course, as you can imagine, I ended up with apple juice on my, on my very special tallit. And it's the kind of thing which the stain doesn't come out. I tried dry cleaning it and washing it, and there was nothing, and the tallit is you know, not something I can wear generally anymore. But as I think about it and, and Rav Dessler's teaching, the, the tallis bag itself is something that I, I came to have an appreciation of. I could never find a tallit bag that was quite the right size or quite the right match of color. And thinking back, this inanimate object, this tallit bag, reminded me of the gift of the tallit and took me back to the moment of my ordination, a time of great joy. One of the reasons the Musa teachers suggest that we pay thanks to inanimate objects is because it, it can cultivate a habit free of the, the suspicion that we sometimes have toward people that they might be doing things for us for ulterior motives and a talus bag or a river, or, or when the car starts or the computer runs more quickly. These are things which we can never doubt. They don't have intentions. We don't think that maybe there's something impure about their motives. And toward these inanimate objects, we can practice a pure form of gratitude, which we can hopefully carry out now toward the people um, who do things that are good for us. The fourth stage of gratitude is to look at a situation which we don't know if it has bad in it or good in it if it's something that we will be thankful for or not, and approach it with a posture of thankfulness. So the story is told about the great rabbi, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, who went into an expensive coffee house in his area where he was living in Europe. 
He asked the owner why the coffee was so expensive. After all, how much could it cost to brew a little bit of coffee, the water, the sugar? And of course, the owner replied, it's true that for a few cents, you could make coffee like this in your own home. But in the restaurant, we have this wonderful decor and atmosphere. We have these professional waiters, and of course, the finest china where we're serving your coffee. Rabbi Yisrael thought about this, and he exclaimed that suddenly he realized the meaning of the blessing that you say over a cup of coffee, which is shehakol nihiya bidvaro. We praise God because everything is made by God's word. He said they used to think that everything meant oh, everything, if it might be a cup of coffee or a glass of juice, that each of those things is something to say a blessing for. But now, said Rabbi Yisrael, I understand that the blessing of Shehakol means not anything but everything. Everything surrounding me at a given moment is something that I could say a bracha about. And even though I might be focused on something which is neutral or negative, like the expensive cup of coffee, if I take in the moment, I'll see that there's something positive and something to have hakarat hatov, to have an awareness of a good that's in it. Now, I do want to be careful about what I'm saying here. I preface that story by saying that we could look at a situation that's neutral or maybe negative and find something in it to be thankful about. But I'm very, I want to be very cautious about that because there are things that happen that are truly negative and that nobody would want to say thank you about when we experience loss or serious illness. Our tradition is not teaching us that we have to say thank you. Of course, there are extraordinary people who experience a difficult illness and they think about the tremendous generosity of the people who care for them and the people who've developed treatments that might help them. And they even are motivated to say thank you and even to thank God for giving them the situation where they can notice that and appreciate it. I have been thankful in similar kinds of situations in my family. But it's not correct to have only a power of positive thinking attitude and judgment towards, especially toward other people at very difficult times in their lives. It is all right not to be thankful when you're suffering and when you've experienced a loss or someone close to you is experiencing an illness. But there are things that happen that it's not obvious that we should be grateful about or thankful about. And the teaching, ultimately, is that we should look in those situations and see if there might be something that is an occasion for appreciation. So what is this matter of gratitude all about? What is Hakarat Hatov for? Is it simply a matter of being polite? I mean, it's true. We would all find each other more pleasant if we said thank you more often. But I want to say that each thank you that we can say and each thank you that we can meditate on a little bit extra adds something to our lives and adds something to the world. And the first thing is that when we pause over a thank you, it enables us to look more closely at the person who's on the other side, the one who's done the giving. And if we develop the habit of following the thank you with a moment of extra appreciation, we will come to look at the fullness of another person and to see not only that a good thing happened to me, but that there is another human being right here who is a source of great goodness and probably not only a source of gifts and and good acts toward me, but toward others as well. So gratitude is a step, at the very least, in being less judgmental, but also in opening up the possibilities for exploring things that are great about other people around us. 
And if we go back to the teaching about what comes from thanking inanimate objects, ultimately by overwhelming ourselves or dominating our thoughts with thoughts of thankfulness, we can start to crowd out some of the doubts and suspicions that we may have, as I said before, about the ulterior motives that other people might have behind the good things that they do for us. Hakarat HaTov has also a, a broader implication. It can create a climate and an atmosphere of thankfulness, which ultimately encourages giving and generous action by all of those who are around us, and really allows us to, to look as in a mirror and to see ourselves for all of the good things that we are capable of doing for each other as well. I think back on something which our baby used to do back earlier this year when she was about a year and a half and really just starting to master the language. And if she was done with a meal and was handing us a plate or a fork she was finished with, she would say, thank you. And of course, we thought this is so cute and we would gently instruct her, no, we're the one who is supposed to say thank you. But maybe in her way of doing it, there was a kind of insight. When a tova, when a good thing is exchanged between two people, it doesn't matter which one says thank you. The thank you flows in both directions. The baby's thank you prompts my own. I thank her for helping me to clean up. But isn't she thanking me anyway for giving her breakfast or lunch to begin with? The two of us are linked together in a small cycle of doing things for one another and saying thank you. But this can play out on a larger scale too. If we hear ourselves saying thank you, if we hear thank yous from other people, we will come to look at them and see that we're all tied together in a mutual web of giving and doing tovot, good things for one another. There is a cue for this that we can use in the prayer service. Every Amidah has toward its conclusion the prayer modim. It begins modim anachnulach, which means we thank you. And when I come to this prayer in my silent Amidah, I stop and I make sure that I think about something that I have to be thankful for that's occurred since the last time that I say the prayer. And if nothing pops into my head immediately, then I stop. And I don't go on until I can think of something, something large or something small, something I might normally be thankful for, or something I have to force myself to think of as worthy of thanks because nothing popped into mind. And I stay in that place until I have that in my head, and then I continue. And toward the conclusion of that prayer, we say, Ve'al kulam, and for all these things we give thanks. It's appropriate to spend this time of year, the darker days of the year, thinking about gratitude and hakarat hatov. It might be so easy to think about the things that we need, the things that we're lacking, how cold we are, how much we might wish for more light and more warmth. It's a good time of year to pay notice to the thank you, to the thank you that we might not say, but we should, or to thank you that we say casually that requires a little further notice. And as each of us are involved in feasts of thanksgiving and gift-giving on Hanukkah, it's a time to pay particular note to the giving nature of all of those who are around us and to our own capacities as vessels of blessing to all of those who we encounter. Chodesh Tov and Chag Sameach.